on a business level, just to be able to expand myself to this region of the world. California is one great destination in itself, which people seek out. And now I have Tuscany and Europe, and it, like I, I'm the most privileged person I've ever met. You're listening to Perspective, a podcast for wedding creatives where we sit down, often with a special guest, and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry. Today is our third and final episode in our series on moving your business to a new location, and we're going to be talking to Dan Sawyer on this topic. Unlike our last two guests, Dan didn't exactly choose to move his business to another country. In fact, he was forced to take these steps to move from the States to Italy in order to maintain doing the job that he loves and being with the ones that he loves, his family. We thought talking to Dan would be an interesting listen, especially after having Alessandro on last week's episode, as the two have essentially traded places. Continue listening if you've enjoyed our chats with Melody and Alessandro, but let Dan bring an alternative perspective on the topic of moving your business and of the Italian wedding market. This episode is, of course, sponsored by With Jack, but I'll get onto that a little bit later in the show. In the meantime, Greg, what are we drinking today? Well, we didn't manage to get a new coffee in since the last episode. We did not. So I've just brewed up the same Tim Wendelbow coffee that we had last episode. Yep. For my morning coffee. But what are you drinking at 10 o'clock on whatever day it is? I am drinking a Wild Beer Co. Sleeping Limes. It says here, what is it? A lager? A goes? A sour? All or none of the above. Simply put, it's the most refreshing beer we've ever brewed. So that really means it's a morning beer, right? Well, <laughs> so so that's what we're drinking in the cinema office. But Dan, what are you drinking? Are you going for the beer alcohol at this time of day? <laughs> oh, it tastes great. It tastes great. Well, I, I'm starting my day with a coffee here. Um, got a, a local roadster uh, uh Called uh, Dita Ardigianale, and uh, and I have their their Mamma Mia espresso blend, which is really good. Ooh. Cool, cool. How, how do they tend to to roast their coffee? Are, are you a bit of a coffee connoisseur yourself? Uh, I would I would not say that I'm a a connoisseur. I'm appreciator. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Yeah. So when you look at the beans, do they look quite dark? Yeah, these ones are dark. Um, okay. This particular place has like a bunch of different kinds that they roast from different regions. And I I did a tasting. We had some guests coming over and I wanted to like have nice coffee. So took it yeah. upon myself to go and and have a little uh you know a six round espresso shot just to get some taste and uh and this was the one that I landed on uh you know flavor profile at least fit fit my my desires. Yeah I um I I love the world of coffee. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I feel it's such a, it's kind of like wine in a way, or or whiskey that you you know in the way that you can talk about it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Where it's roasted where it's from, you know, all these things contribute to different taste profiles of each bean, and I find it really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I uh, just on the back here, it shows. It sounds just like a bottle of wine. It goes. Uh, this espresso blend is full-bodied, low acidity, and taint, intense aftertaste with notes of dark chocolate, dark fruits, and black cherries. And like, you might have wine or coffee, but it's, it's really, really good. I mean, you're in Florence, aren't you? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, did you always have you always liked this sort of Italian-style dark roast espresso? It's a good question. Um, I guess I I did start drinking a lot more coffee uh, once moving here. Um, it's it's just so much a part of the life. Uh, it's amazing. Like in the states, you'll spend five or six bucks on a cup of joe, and out here, you, you toss over over a euro and you get an espresso shot. It's like it's it's a it's a need that they service everyone here. <laughs> you have you have a, a macchiato at the end of a meal and a cappuccino to start your day. And, you know, it's it's something uh, just culturally that just gets infused everywhere you go. Yeah, I, I definitely I love the culture of coffee in Italy. It's not the type of coffee that I normally go for, but when you're in Italy, that culture of just sitting out in the street 
with your espresso, just taking your time. I love that culture. A hundred percent. I um, <laughs> this just uh, yeah, it flew into my mind here. A wee, uh, just a wee story. We were shooting years ago in a venue called um Ilboro. Uh, is it's not too far from Florence, or is it Rome? Where do we fly into? It's between the two. I okay. Think. Um, anyway, so it's kind of this um, old medieval town and new spa area, and they had this cafe. And uh, I remember on one of the mornings, we were just needing to waste a little bit of time, uh, us professionals as we are. Uh, so we went into the cafe and we got two espressos, and I remember falling in love with them. And I, I wasn't that much into coffee at the time, but I still remember, I still have fond memories of that cafe, that that cafe, and that espresso. Yeah, I loved it. It was so smooth, and although I did put sugar in it, that's that probably yeah. I, I don't <laughs> tend to take anything with my coffee now, but uh, yeah. Well, you know they they do. Uh, I haven't figured out why, but they always offer two different kinds of sugar. Um, you know, when you go to the stand up, you know, walk up uh, coffee shop. Uh-huh. And uh, you pick out your espresso. They'll they'll have like a fully granulated sugar and then like a really refined sugar. And depending on who you are, I guess that you know people people do add it. Uh-huh. Um, where they... the judgment comes in is how much milk you use and what time <laughs> of day and what part of <laughs> what part of what meal you're eating it with. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if if you get a, a cappuccino after a full meal, you get some side eyes on you. <laughs> <laughs> Are they are they are the sugars different colors or are they are they all white? Uh, one's one's kind of more golden and one's white. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we see that sometimes over here as well. I've, but yeah, I've never gone for a brown sugar in a coffee before. Have you? Nah, no um, sugar at all. Nah, straight black. Straight black. <laughs> Not even milk. Some sometimes with with a wee splash of, uh, milk or milk alternative in my, in my case. Yeah. You know, are we flat white for lunch? Good time. Good time to have a coffee. So how's your weekend or week been? What you been up to? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I actually uh, just returned from Rome uh, after shooting a destination wedding for American couple. Um, you know, coordinated by uh, Valentina, whom you guys uh, introduced oh, me to yeah. uh, from Italian nice. wedding events. Very yeah. cool. Cool. Yeah, so it went really well. It was an awesome shoot. Um, fourteen hours in the end, uh, but you know every everything uh, turned out great. You know, after the ceremony, they rented a car, so we got to drive all around Rome to these key spots and just Lovely. you know shoot shoot away in the in the golden light. Then they had an intimate reception with like twenty guests. They rented out a whole restaurant. They just like feasted all night and danced the night away. It was amazing. Oh, so yeah. Good. Did you partake in any of this feasting and drinking and partying? You know, it, that's that's the wonderful thing about weddings out here in Italy. It's like they feed their vendors really well. They compared do. To, compared to the States, like you get this little vendor meal, they'll hand you like a box with a sandwich and some crisps. But when you're when you're here, you get you get the 15 course meal and you get to dine with the guests and, and mm. be middle, in the middle of it. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. When uh, when we used to shoot in Italy uh, for for Brenda, we <clears throat> there was always this uh, supplier table. It was just full of food, like full of food, full of wine. But I loved that they suffer from the the same issue. And if you're a musician out there, I apologize, but the bands are known for eating all the food <laughs> <laughs> here and over there. So I found that r- just really funny, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sure not all bands are like that. I'm sure but not all there's bands. There's a stereotype there. There is. I'm I'm sorry for playing on the stereotype. <laughs> I, I am. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that was interesting was uh, other vendors hung out to join in the feast. Like the florists were there till the end of the night, which uh, I'm not used to. Um, usually they yeah. come in, set up, take off. But these guys like hung out all night chat with the different vendors like enjoyed you know the whole the whole cuisine that was served and who who was doing the flowers uh i have to look that up but yeah it was a uh, you know one of uh, another valentina recommendation for the people who don't know who you are 
why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell them what you do? Well, um, my name's Dan Sauer, uh, originally from Los Angeles, uh, been shooting weddings uh, since 2013, and I recently made a big move uh, over to Florence, Italy uh, with my family. And uh, now I'm servicing both the Italian and American markets and all across the globe. Uh, I've been shooting destination weddings for a number of years and and now having this opportunity to actually live over here in Europe and network with the vendors and, and become a part of the culture has been you know amazing. Mm-hmm. What was the reason that you moved from the States to to uh to Florence because we, we we just spoke to um uh, a friend of ours Alessandro who took the opposite approach he moved from um, was it Milan. Milan Milan to LA oh that's interesting yeah, yeah so, so um, what was your reason for my reason for moving uh my my wife actually got a job out here she's a uh, a European historian she uh, got her PhD at UCLA in California and she wrote a book on uh international business and the foundation of the EU. And uh, she's now been commissioned by them to write another book. Um, and their head lead archive is in Florence. So they packed us up and moved us out to Florence. And, you know, fortunately with, with my, you know, style of business, uh, I'm pretty flexible with location. So this is, you know, an awesome opportunity for me to invest out here and, and still be able to service everyone because we've got some major airports, hubs. You know, this is just my new commuting spot. <laughs> it's a nice commuting spot. Yeah, not too <laughs> bad. Yeah. yeah. We're, and they set us up with this flat that's on like the seventh floor uh, of, you know, the highest building around. So we get this incredible view of the whole city and, and the countryside around. It's, it's mm-hmm. really beautiful. Wow. Very so good. you were dragged street, screaming and kicking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the only hard thing was, is uh, I had to finish my wedding season in the States. So my, my wife and son moved out here several months before me. And I was like, you know, shooting and traveling for like three months before I could come. So I really got settled here in November and, uh, you know, been, been here since. But I'm going to be going back and forth. Uh, I've got a lot of travels coming up. Do mm-hmm. so- you're going back to the States to shoot? Yes. Yeah. 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 Airfare is so inexpensive that it, it just makes sense to continue to service everyone who inquires. Um, you know, I'm a little more selective on, on who I make myself available to depending on the gig and the date. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm still able to, to help everyone out. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. <clears throat> That's what Alessandro does as well. He travels, uh, to do the kind of American, you know, elopement, big weddings in Italy, as well. So yeah, yeah, it's cool. I've I've heard the uh, the market's slightly better over there. Oh, in the states, well, it's easier to be visible. That's for sure. Uh-huh. Because of you know the the industry has various uh, ways to you know pay for marketing. Just to uh, I think social media is a bit more active out there. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found out here in Italy is it's a lot more relationship based. There's, it's it's who you know. Even even outside of the industry, you can't always like it's hard to even Google search, you know, where to go, what to eat, or where to you know find even normal household things. You have to like go to the market, ask the the florist. Uh, selling the you know the flowers for the the local market and she'll lead you to this guy who knows who this person is and (laughs) and you just like it's a community and it's all about like personal relationships outside of like you know in the states where i'll pay for a front page ad on the knot and you know get get various inquiries from that throughout the year um Mm -hmm. and and out here it's it's oh yeah this person is the one you go to here's his number talking about like building relationships we met you through our connection with uh, Mark Bacura. That's right. His, That's right. Uh, his roadie workshop. Yeah, that was an incredible time. It was, right? It was It was really cool. How, how were all the images that you got from it? Did you get quite a lot of good content? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I got, got a couple good sets out of that, that trip. And, uh, you know, just, you know, overall, enjoyed everyone that we met. I'm actually... Uh, 
going to go to the uh, conference that Cole's putting on in, in southern France here in a few weeks. And oh, I'm right. rooming oh, with one yeah. of the guys that, yeah, will you guys be going to way up north? We've not signed up for it. And I've got a, va- is it the 2nd of April? 2nd and 3rd of April? Yeah, it's the first week yeah. of April. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've got a wet, we've got a wedding on the 1st. So I don't think Ooh. we'd be able to get there yeah, yeah. in time. So we're going to have to miss it this year, unfortunately. Yeah, the the not only the experience of the the road trip, roadie workshop, uh, but the people we met, like you guys, like everyone else who was there, it was just a high caliber of photography and and people, um, and and to be on an awesome adventure like that was priceless. Yeah, no, it was so good. good just driving around to places that if you went to Iceland yourself, you probably wouldn't really stumble upon. So it was great just driving right. around with these guys literally been tour guides really <laughs> right right yeah yeah cole's been there something like 45 times something crazy yeah. and you know yeah. it's like his it's like his backyard so he was like oh let's go over here let's go over there it's, it was yeah. an awesome time yeah. but it's it's nice to see like he, he kind of had a general route of where he wanted to shoot but on the day it was nice to see that the key tenants of photography still were upheld you know it was chase the light chase right. the light Right. So um, it, it felt very much like one of those shoots usually is. You're in the car and you hop out, shoot the scene in the light, then the light changes and you go to the next location and everyone hops back in the car and drives to the next spot and drives to the <laughs> next spot. And in my experience, it's the same way with clients when you're when you're on this particular kind of shoot, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, destination wise or in out in the, the wilderness or the beautiful nature. Um, but it was it was yeah it was a great experience, yeah we we still to put together a longer form version of the video. I don't know. Did you get to see the the shorter yeah, version? Yeah, I love yeah. I love the trailer. It was awesome. Yeah, it turned out pretty good. It did. Yeah, um, but we've we've got more to edit from that. There's there's definitely a few different cuts that we could do, and we'll do a slightly longer edit for Cole and Mark as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was epic. That was awesome. So, um, obviously, a very, very different experience. Sorry, excuse me. (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) Nothing Uh, like a beer in the morning. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Clear those lungs. Um, Obviously, a very different experience working with so many photographers and, you know, a number of different couples. But what got you started as a photographer? Like, what, what was it that drew your attention to the art form? So um, I have a background in fine art. Uh, when I was in university, I was a painter. Um, so I've been classically trained uh, in, in painting, and I studied art history and, and did a bit of traveling at that time, too. I studied in Italy uh, for six months while I was, you know, in, at school as well. And while, while in school, I, I worked for a newspaper, um, and uh, shot photography for them. So I shot events and and kind of got my my bearings there. That was like my first professional work that I did. And I slowly transitioned my art form to photography. And I found that I could use similar aesthetics and understanding and and use the camera with with that same mentality in mind. And I started bringing that to my work. When I moved to LA after I graduated, I was approached by an old contact of mine uh, who knew someone who was getting married in LA, low budget, asked if I was interested. And I said, absolutely. And, you know, classic story after the first <laughs> wedding, um, you know, I fell in love with the form, just uh, everything about the wedding day, you know, used all of my skills and challenged me in all the right ways uh, where it was like shooting an event, shooting portraits, shooting details. You, you have every form of photography within one day. Yeah. Um, and uh, outside of the aesthetic, you you know you have emotions and the people involved in the day, and that that was also magical. And I've been known to be um, quite the romantic in my, you know, I <laughs> I, I I really enjoy love stories. Uh, so when, once I got sparked with that, it just it clicked, and that's what I wanted to do. So I dove in full force and pursued the business and have been growing it ever since hmm. had you had you, had you tried other forms of photography beforehand as part of your um art education so yeah i shot i shot uh photojournalism uh for a number of years and 
I did some product photography for a business. Uh, I've, you know, done personal projects, uh, you know, outside of the wedding forms, you know, uh, I, I typically tend to, uh, be drawn to people. Um, I'm, I'm really, uh, interested in, you know, human connection, the emotion, and I like to, uh, you know, use the light in a particular way and just kind of create art from like real moments. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm always drawn back to, to weddings or portrait work, something that has meaning, um, as opposed to, you know, uh, photography gimmicks. Yes. Um, although not, I mean, not to say that there aren't gimmicks in the wedding industry or trends that oh, tend to happen. Yeah. You, and I, I even do them too on the wedding. You know, you get bored during a reception and you start playing with double exposures or whatever. You just, <laughs> you, you just, you, you start playing. It's, it's yeah. playing, but it, in the end you, you get something that doesn't really have meaning behind it, but it's cool looking, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. There, there's, there's, uh, places for each, but my heart's drawn to, yeah. you know, the real. Yeah. I, that's one thing that I love about weddings that you're right in this one day, you have got so many opportunities to push the boat out, you know, um, enhance your skills, um, shoot something a little bit different, you know, and it's all very fast and I suppose kind of stressful. Mm-hmm. And I love being kept on my toes, and the fact that you 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 have no control, so you're you're kind of, it's this weird balance of pretending you've got control, and then <laughs> like realizing that you actually don't. Um, and I, I I that that's why I love live events, you know that that's that's why I love uh, like I, I probably the most fun part of a wedding, except for the couple shoot, because I just love like just having fun with our couples. It's yeah. probably the dancing because it's just crazy and everyone's lost their inhibitions a little bit or you'd be hoping so. And they're just having a good time and there's right. nothing, nothing in anyone's control. Like the people dancing, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you with the camera, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> like you have no idea what you're going to capture, what these people are going to be doing. So it's it's a, it's a really fun like just like waiting for that moment like what's gonna happen is there a moment over there you know should i be by behind the bars you know i i love all that kind of spontaneity behind the party element of a wedding you know yeah Yeah, for sure for sure and you know speaking about being out of control but in control like because we do this every week you you can anticipate the action you know people have certain patterns and Mm. and that gives you know your clients like a certain amount of trust in you so you know what to anticipate and then it's fun you're, you're yes. it's not a it's not a scary thing because you're like oh here it comes here it comes yes it happened you know <laughs> yeah it's like i knew that was gonna happen and it did <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah do you feel that your art background how do you feel that affects your photography do you pull on inspirations from that to bring into your wedding work yeah i, I try to at least um uh at least uh when I look at a scene or uh, view light in a certain way, um, I am often reflecting back to, you know, what I've seen in my education. And uh, I've also taken advantage of being out here in Italy and in Europe with all the amazing museums available. Um, I try to go at least once a week to, you know, study some of the old masters. Um, I've also taken back up and, some art courses I I go at night and and do some like life drawing and uh just to kind of challenge my my creative ability in a in a different way to like kind of exercise my brain in a way so uh what I'll do when I approach these paintings or or artworks is if something strikes me I, I look at it and study why 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 is this impactful why why is this uh, bringing emotion to me or why am I so drawn to it? Yeah. And then I, I, when I identify those items within it, I, I look for that within my work. I, you know, on the wedding day when I'm shooting, um, I'll look at a scene and, and say like, I'm shooting all day. So when we go back into pro- post-processing, I'll see some of those similar elements that were impactful in, in the master's work 
in the photographs that I see, you know, including motion, including emotion, connection, whatever it may be, a certain kind of dramatic light, isolation, um, and I, I incorporate those in my in my process. Cool. Yeah, cool. Well, that that kind of leads us on nicely to talking about your style. Then, like, what makes your art yours? So, uh, my style is unique in a way, especially to, uh, compared to current wedding trends. You won't find a lot of, uh, say, bright and airy pastel-y colors uh, in my work. I'm more drawn to true color, rich, dramatic light. I'm, you know, as I mentioned, I, I reference a lot of, you know, old masters work uh, when when editing, when shooting. And I, I look for certain things like uh, isolating light. I use a lot of uh, uh, shadows and highlights and I, I try to juxtapose them in a certain way to create drama or draw your eye to a certain place in the scene. And uh in a way that's not disruptive to real moments. So if if I can kind of guide people to a certain location and then let the scene play out, I achieve both the real action and the aesthetic that I'm looking for. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, you know, that that's been at least my approach and what, what I'm always striving to. Um, you'll see a lot of, uh, you know, backlighting, dramatic light. Uh, I... I use kind of a cinematic approach with off-camera lighting or uh, I'll draw curtains in a certain way to to make it uh, more directional instead of having everything exposed. I like to isolate. Yeah, that's actually something that's, <clears throat> that we have in common, except for <laughs> in Scotland, you don't really get dramatic lighting. Or, I mean, well, you do, but it, it comes and goes so quickly. <laughs> Yeah. You're not you're not able to kind of utilize it in any efficient way. You'd be very lucky on the days that you can. And there is, you know, there have been the few instances at weddings where, okay, it has been like the bright summer day. But yeah, you, you, you will find me like pulling curtains as well. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. <clears throat> there was one in particular with an American couple where I just essentially I just had the light shine just on her during the during the preps could see nothing else it was like she's in a dark void yeah the dark oh, light just falls into blackness yeah, it was, yeah i i just loved that it made her feel so alone and she had this very like somber look in her face and i just thought yes this this is exactly how i want to tell like j- just start their story w- with this moment of being alone but yeah 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 um, I, I i much prefer playing with light instead of um editing trickery you know like zooms in and zooms out we've got a very simple approach to filmmaking there's no fast transitions there's no like i don't know crazy colors it's all very similar it's all very um timeless i suppose would be a good way of describing it so yeah 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 that's that's our goal right i don't i don't want someone to look at the images and say oh that's so this decade or you know they i want them to look at the photos and say wow this is these I can't believe that's me, and I, it's so impactful. And I want I you know I want to capture the memory of the emotion. Yeah, yeah. You want families to look at the film in twenty, thirty years and be like, "Wow, that's amazing!" Not, "Oh my god, look at that spot color there." <laughs> yeah, it, it hit me uh, recently where you know just reflecting on what I do and. And, uh, you know, why I do it and who I'm shooting for. And I realized that I'm not really shooting for the client that's hiring me. Um, I'm shooting for the next generation. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I want, you know, I want these these family members or loved ones uh, to review the, the wedding day of, of the person that they're connected to and feel like that they were a part of it, you know, and feel feel the things that they felt it themselves. And, uh, you know, with, with that, you have to like approach the day with so much love, like, like you are a part of this clan and you want to, and you want to just like give your whole self to them to, you know, make, make sure that this memory is preserved. Yeah. That's funny. Actually, just this week, uh, my neighbor got in touch with me because it's their 50th wedding anniversary and they had a wedding film back then. So it was on like a reel. 
Uh-huh. They got it digitized, and then they've gave it to me to sort of organize for them to show at their event. And it's so funny, like watching the people moving and seeing the bride coming out of the car to go into the church fifty years ago. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It unfortunately suffers from um, the times because it's literally it, it's the cameraman following people into the church for a good five minutes. Yeah. And then shots of the outside of the church. Right. And then shots of people coming out of the church. Because there's no light. <laughs> well, yeah. the, the, he's not. He's. It's, I find it really funny that they're not actually allowed into the church. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. Churches have always been strict. Although I did find out that it wasn't like they didn't hire someone to make this film. It oh. Was, even back then, 50 years ago, it was a friend that filmed it for them. Wow. So he must have just had a camera and he was like, you're the guy with a camera. You're filming this. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that changes my opinion. I thought it was a professional. Okay. But yeah, it's just people going into a church and people leaving a church. Yeah. And that's it. I, I've heard that commissioners are, are still pretty strict in the UK though, right? Like, uh, Yeah, they, they are. Yeah, there's um, certain parts of churches that you're not allowed to go past and mm-hmm. you're restricted on angles sometimes, but you kind of just have to accept that and just get creative with where you can go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, we should probably say that that's not everyone. Yeah. There are some very nice you know, celebrants and priests out there who, who, who do respect what we do as creative individuals and what we do for our couples. So, yeah, it's just the bad, unfortunately, out with, out with the good. I mean, fortunately, like, your your clients, maybe many of them are from the UK and understand. So it's not like the expectation's set. They're not, they're not going to expect you behind the altar. Um, they're gonna expect <laughs> yeah. you in the back of the church with the long zoom or something, you know. It's yeah. Well, Greg goes up to the front if he's being cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> Promise, I'm an altar boy. <laughs> <laughs> with Jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives. Whether you provide a service like design, development, or photography, or offer advice to clients, with Jack is for you. It's focused on creatives. Insurance shouldn't be complicated, so with Jack has made every step easy. You'll deal with one form and talk to one Jack as you sign up, get covered, and move on with your day. With Jack is all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms or faff, it means less. It's not about endless features and stale service. It's about one solid policy and the personal touch. Bye-bye, unnecessary fuss. Hello, creative, friendly insurance. Be a confident creative. Let's talk about what it's like to break into a new market. Obviously, you recently turned your life upside down. How how did you feel when you realized you were going to have to start kind of from the ground up? Or or was that not the case? Well, uh, I'm definitely starting in a new market. Um, And because of the travel restrictions, I have to be more selective on who I service at home. So there, there was definitely a major transition happening. And uh, initially moving out here, I didn't know how to be visible. I knew that my work would stand up once people knew about me and, you know, I'm, I'm confident in my service. I, I just yeah. didn't know how to market myself. Um, so uh, as we discussed earlier, it really came down to relationships. Um, I reached out to everyone I knew, you know, who lived in Europe in the industry, uh, asked for advice, asked for any connections that they could lead me to, you know, you guys included, and, uh, and started from there. Then I started cold calling just as many vendors as I could saying, hey, want to introduce myself, I'll buy you coffee, I'll, you know, I'll travel to where you are. I just, you know, want to tell you about myself and my service and and offer, you know, anything you guys need and see if we can collaborate in the future. And uh, that actually worked really well. It was a lot of work, you know, kind of ruthlessly following up, following up, following up, yeah. trying just just to get my name out there. And uh, and I've made some really good relationships with those pursuits. Um, and and now the, the inquiries are rolling in, uh, you know. People are, you know, 
putting me on lists that there's, you know, the, the wedding coordinators, especially they're, they're just, you know, just to have my name on a list that they give to their clients is priceless because otherwise I would not be known. Um, so that's, that's how this first season out here has been working and, and I've made several bookings and I've, you know, it's been really positive experience, much better than I expected to be honest. And, uh, because uh, I started a little late, I, I really only hit the ground running when I arrived here. In the end, I wish that I started earlier. I wish that I started making those cold calls before I moved. Right. But I was so I was so consumed in, like you said, flipping my life upside down. I had to, <laughs> you know, because my wife and son moved before me, I was the one who like packed up all of our belongings and and moved physically moved ourselves. And in the middle of a wedding season, you're you know you're in October <laughs> when this is happening. <laughs> oh goodness, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, also moving myself and making sure that all my clients are serviced. So it was like a really hectic time for me, but I wish that I put more time into this networking so that the, the inquiries and the relationships I have now would have started earlier, mm. but I can't complain because, uh, people have given me a shot. They have, you know, given me the opportunity to introduce myself. And once they see my work and meet me in person, many of them, well, all of them have, you know, been really encouraging and wanting to work with me. I guess there's an advantage to me speaking English out here, you know, having yes. most of the uh, clients that they're targeting our destination from the UK or US or Australia, or, you know, people wanting mm -hmm. to get married in Tuscany. So, you know, not having a local Italian, they're saying, hey, we're, you know, this guy's really skilled. He's got, you know, training and experience in America, which is like one of the most developed wedding industries. And uh, his style's unique. Here you go. And and it's been, mm, you know, really yeah. positive response. Yeah, you know, actually being able to speak the same language as your couple's as well as everything else that you mentioned is actually super important for for just having your couple feel secure yeah i remember when we were shooting in italy one time and uh the the photographer that they had booked didn't speak english um he did have a translator i believe but i think it was more it was a second shooter but she wasn't shooting that day um she was just there to kind of speak english except for she didn't really speak english all too well and so yeah um our couple actually turned to us for for pretty much any communication that they would do they really even though they're having their photographs taken they would always be chatting to us um and that built such a good rapport when they travel when they're in london or if they come up to scotland we are always on their minds and that's super lovely just to be able to just like go out and meet a client after years of filming their wedding yeah that's it's, awesome. it's, it's, it's yeah so it's, it's super important yeah i think but, uh, if you're traveling from the US to Italy or Europe to get married, you want somebody who, like as a photographer or filmmaker, you spend a lot of time sort of in close proximity to the couple. Yeah. So if, if you have that sort of common connection or common language that you can just sort of generally chat and get on with them, it just makes it so much easier. So you're right, like the planners will love the fact that their couples will feel at home working with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Many of them ex have expressed like, oh, great. Now I won't have to babysit the photographer and translate all day. You know? <laughs> and I don't know, like, like you said, like having that, that commonality, like this past weekend, it just like being able to joke around with the bride, like having similar context with understanding culturally, you know, we immediately we process out of the church and the bride is approached by a peddler, <laughs> like, please give me money. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And we oh, both man. just like died, like <laughs> this would never happen. Um, but it was just, you know, one of those moments that we like looked at each other and we're like, we get it. This is insane. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> when you were sort of reaching out to other vendors, did you notice a big difference when you managed to get sort of a coffee meeting with them was there a big difference when you had that sort of in-person connection it's essential yeah i you know if if they weren't willing to meet in person i try to schedule a skype call or a phone call or video conference uh the ones that were resistant to meeting in person uh i haven't really heard much from since uh even after following up it's still just like 
I think it's just because of that impersonal connection. Like when you meet someone in person and you you break bread together, you you know share commonality or or talk about the industry. There's there's something like you won't forget. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, another particular vendor uh, had a personal project that they were working on, or they needed service for another vendor. Uh, there was like a a chocolatier who uh, was coming out with a new product. So she said, Hey, like, let's help you build more relationships. I'll introduce you to these people. And we got to shoot at an amazing venue and, and do this, you know, it wasn't a wedding, but now I'm like really connected to these vendors and everyone who was involved in that project. And it just like expanded the network more. So any opportunity I get to meet people or, you know, be active within the industry, a, a, a good member of the community you know, the better. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about the community. Did you have any thoughts and opinions on the Italian wedding market before you went over there? Like, did you have any views or expectations? I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, because I'm American, I didn't know if, you know, if we, if we first talk about the, the wedding industry community here, I assumed that they'd be pretty closed off. Like you throw a stone outside and you'll hit a hundred photographers, <laughs> not, not all wedding necessarily, but there's just like so many people with cameras and it's, it's like flooded because of the, the destination. But uh, it's, it's come to be, you know, really communal. Like, like we mentioned earlier, the relationships that I have connected with, like they feel like real bonds, like real friendships and, and that was uh, surprising to me in a way because because Florence is such a small town uh, compared to a place like L.A. where I'm from, uh, this this local community feel like this everyone's supporting each other was a real shift or a real change. I, in L.A., I, I definitely carved that out in smaller sections. I had a wonderful network of of industry leaders there who we referred work to each other and we were collaborative and, you know, helped each other's businesses all along the way. Um, and moving here, I was afraid to lose that, but I've really found it in a different way um, because of the, you know, the size and proximity. Like, yes, there are a lot of people who come here, but the people who are actually based here are really uh, connected. Do you feel when we were talking to Alessandro uh, in the last episode, he was talking about how, people didn't really share information and stuff. So mm -hmm. he was talking about within the photographer and filmmaker communities, it was quite insulated there. Right. But whereas in America, in the UK, there's a lot of sort of sharing of knowledge and raising everybody up. Have you, are your sort of communities, do you feel as mainly other vendors or is there other photographers that are sharing knowledge as well? Well, the the photographers I have had a little more difficulty with. Um, there have been a couple that have been really welcoming, uh, and you know I found them through uh, really American networks. Uh, right. They were featured in looks like film, or they were uh, you know one one guy in particular was a rangefinder, um, uh, uh, up and coming. Uh, he he won the award in like twenty sixteen. And he, he had this like wonderful understanding of where I was coming from. And he's been like really great to collaborate with. And, you know, we're actually having lunch this afternoon and uh, you know, it's, it, those are the people that have really connected, but I think it's because they've embraced the American culture uh, of this kind of industry. And he's mm -hmm. expressed to me that people are very on guard with, you know, collaboration. They're, they're, they, they don't share work. So I, I'm still so new to the market here that I haven't experienced that backlash and I'm not, it's not my place and I'm not trying to steal any work from anyone. I'm happy to refer when the time is right, Yeah. but I, I'm still building that community. I think a lot of people forget that you can get business from other photographers rather than feeling that their, their work is going to be st stolen, which I feel like, is maybe the, the the difference in the mindset, you know, right. uh, compared yeah. over here or America to, you know, some of the European markets. Yeah, I think once you've been in the industry long enough, you realize that there is no secrets. So you might mm -hmm. as well chat to people and share your knowledge. And yeah, once people get to a certain level, it is sort of shared. And Europe is such a small place compared to the US <laughs> that 
right you can chat to a photographer from germany or spain and it's still like a good community mm. yeah and everyone gets elevated then and the work gets elevated the the clients are better serviced and the you know ev everyone's better off when there is that collaboration um yeah. but people are guarded and and understandably so it's it's not an easy industry to be in you you know you're mm. you're it's a hustle uh, to, to get gigs and service your clients. And yeah. I understand why some people can be guarded, but like you guys said, in, in my experience, the collaboration efforts uh, are really fruitful and it makes it more, more fun to be in the industry when you have colleagues that you can bounce ideas off of. Yeah. yeah. You obviously mentioned the, the popularity for weddings in Italy. And I wonder if that popularity has anything to do with that mindset, you know, cause I know, I know of a few, um, photographers in the sky region of scotland who because of instagram like everyone's getting married in sky and you know there are people going to sky to shoot elements for free or you know so right. I, I i i do wonder there's, if that's the case with there's definitely a lot of that here like people will shoot for nothing um yeah so it's really interesting when i present my prices uh to planners i've had complete mixed uh, responses some are saying like oh you're too cheap and then others are saying wow you're way too expensive so i figured that's the right <laughs> sign i'm like right perfectly in the middle to jump in here yeah but uh you know i i do carve out those people who are looking for the free photographer but i'm also you know just jumping in so i want to be competitive against like the ultra high end so what yeah. is uh what is ultra high end price wise in the italian market that you've discovered uh so it looks like the the ultra high end is like 5k for 4500 to 5k for for wedding out here yeah. and obviously you get even higher like the 10,000 euro photographer but that that's that's a different kind of client for sure going back to you coming into the market were there were, were there any tools that you used um other than you know, your phone and making relationships like did you use like Instagram? Did you use Facebook? Or you know, what 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 are the prop the popular kind of tools of the trade for socializing and relationship building? So uh, Instagram here, just like uh, many other places, is is essential. It's kind of like drinking water or, or daily exercise. You just have to get your work out there. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I do put a lot of effort and and thought into uh into my posts and the way they lay out in the grid obviously with like algorithm changes my you know visibility has significantly decreased from previous years and it's not necessarily because of the work that i'm producing but it's because of just the way the program is working now um mm -hmm. but i try to ignore that and still put the same effort in uh because i i find that people who seek my work or look me up end up just looking at the grid. So it's like a live portfolio. It's a way for me to like actively push newer work um, because updating the website for me, especially, I don't know, it's something that I always put to the side and I, I don't keep the website as up to date as I should. So, you know, putting more efforts into uh, keeping a good grid on my Instagram. And then uh, since moving here, I've put a lot more time into preparing blog posts to like increase SEO just to kind of get the message out that, you know, I'm here, I'm a destination photographer. You can hire me. I'll go anywhere <laughs> and uh, I'm willing to travel for you and love to. Um, so yeah, the, yeah, I guess the key tools, uh, Instagram, you know, and I just share my Instagram to my business Facebook page just to keep that active. And then, uh, you know, blog posts on my website. And obviously like we met at the workshop in Iceland, so yeah. out with tools. Do you attend these sort of things with the sort of idea of, yeah, it's portfolio building and knowledge, but there's also the big part of building connections while you're there? Yeah, I mean, I think the the networking aspect of workshops or conferences is like maybe definitely at this point in my career, a larger percentage than the educational as with you guys, like, I feel like my, my portfolio is filled and fit with, you know, great content from around the world. So doing a workshop like the roadie one was fruitful for the, uh, you know, the experience. 
and the content building and education. Uh, those were top notch, really appreciated it. But also, you know, the, the tier of quality of photographer or creative that were a part of the, the workshop were really uh, high at my priority list to meet people and to just expand myself, especially coming to this new market. I knew that the more Europeans I can meet, you know, the the better just to kind of get myself into the community out here. Yeah. I was I was really impressed with that the the quality of photographers that was on the roadie workshops like yeah. for sure the attendees were like really good quality photographers and it's like these are guys that are I don't know coming to attend a workshop right yes even yeah. the models were great photographers yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous that's right <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't believe it uh, I, I I actually didn't realize they were photographers until they came into the the second uh, day. <laughs> the, the space in, in <laughs> Yeah. Um they they did so well. Do you remember how cold they, do you remember how cold they got? Like they were turning blue oh at one point. The the That's end so of the cool. day was it was unnecessary. We the, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <We> <laughs> it, <laughs> right. They they were, you know, obviously game and fearless or anything, but it was just like that that last area where we were by that frozen lake and the wind was blowing and they were just holding each other and it just it was uh it was bad news <laughs> yeah i don't think nathan was feeling too well the next day was yeah it? i think he suffered a wee bit yeah 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 but, uh, they, they got put through the ringer but we all got great content for it <laughs> we did it looks great yeah. Thank no, you they, guys. <laughs> they were super appreciative too like they they definitely yeah. you know were happy to get these photos i think it was their 10th anniversary or something coming up so they were they were uh you know appreciative to document this time in their life for sure yeah yeah it was cool it was cool having that opportunity to, to do that for them yeah. do you have any advice for anyone uprooting their whole life and moving <laughs> to a different location well whether that be on a business or personal level like because it cannot have been easy just be smart about it. I think uh, I I set certain securities in place, such as making myself available to the California market. I, I still left myself open. I still have an office in LA uh, with someone who takes inquiries for me and 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 kind of helps me, uh, you know, produce that. So having that security, still having income when joining a new market. It gave me that sense of security. Also, my wife is employed. Uh, the The income level out here in Italy is much less than what we were used to in California, but the, the cost of living is also less. So it kind of balanced out. But set the right securities in place. Make sure you have, you know, the boring numbers, like make sure you have enough savings to cover yourself in case it doesn't work. Um, and then network, network, network. Like I, I can't emphasize enough, like, oh, relationship building offer to collaborate be a good member of the community and uh you know as long as your your work is up to par you're gonna get work like people will find you and uh as long as you're visible yeah yes and you mentioned earlier that you wish that you had started networking before you moved so is that a big piece of advice you would give then yeah i think uh don't be afraid to send out the email blasts ahead of time and and put a start date so that that was something i was like how can i set up meetings if i'm not even there what why put the effort in but i wish that i did just to get my name out there even just to throw it out there and then follow up when i did arrive i feel like it would have sped things up a little bit more but so now that you've been there for quite a while and you've sort of you're filling up the calendar with european bookings how do you feel about the move now oh i it, I can't be more grateful for the opportunity, um, you know, on a, on a business level, just to be able to expand myself to this region of the world. Uh, California is one great destination in itself, which people seek out. And now I have, you know, Tuscany and yeah. Europe and it, like, I, I'm the most privileged person I've ever met. I can, like to have this opportunity to, to grow my business and to, you know, build content and service my clients everywhere. Like, I I couldn't be more grateful. Yeah. So now that you're you're settled, do you have any aspirations for 2019-2020? or like what's your what's your plans? So my my goal is to uh, 
for my business to shift the balance. So right now I'm, I'm still heavier shooting in the U S um, and right. around, around the U S because my brand is solid out there and I'm yeah. still, you know, uh, I have my established business. Um, so uh, the next couple of years, I definitely want to balance it out. I still want to service, you know, across the globe, but I want to get at least half or more local uh, weddings to, to keep uh, myself, you know, in Tuscany in Italy and in, in Europe uh, and around um, to, you know, uh, as well as the U S so what a, a better balance is my goal. Uh, so I'm going to continue to hit the phones, just try to introduce myself. Uh, I've got way up North in a few weeks where, you know, I'm hoping to meet more people in the industry and just tell my story and, you know, get my name out there. Um, well, thank you very much for, for taking the time to, uh, to chat with us this morning. Absolutely. It was such a pleasure, you know, great to catch up with you guys and, you know, we should, we should do it again soon. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 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 Yeah. And next time you're in the UK or Scotland or yeah, anything, absolutely. just, uh, just get in contact. Yeah, absolutely. My wife actually has some work in Glasgow. Um, she's back and forth. So maybe I'll hop on, uh, one of her, her work trips and come give you guys a visit. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Totally should. Yeah. Totally yeah, should. Totally. Before we head off though, where can people find you online or where can they reach out to you? So my website is uh, dansourphotography.com. I'm on Instagram uh, at dan.sour. And my last name's spelled like sauerkraut. It's S-A-U-E-R. So yeah, that's uh, those are the best places to find me. And if anyone wants to, if you're in the region, hit me up. I'm always down for a coffee. And if you're looking for photo work, you know, I'm I'm always available anywhere. Cool. Very we'll, cool. we'll put those links in the show notes yep. in case you didn't get the spelling right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, enjoy your lunch. Is that lunch that you're? Yeah, it's going? about lunchtime. Yeah, that's right. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be good. And. Um, Cool. We'll cool. speak soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, gentlemen. Yeah. Talk to you later. And uh, where can people find us, Greg? They can find us at Cinemate Films and cinematefilms.co.uk. Mm-hmm. If you want more information about the podcast, you're best going to cinematefilms.co.uk forward slash podcast, and you'll get some links there to subscribe or get to the show notes That's or right. anything we mentioned in the episode. Yep. And now it's uh, time for a review shout-out. Greg has his phone to hand. He's just scrolling through. Let's randomly pick someone. Who's it going to be? This is a long drum roll. Keep them coming is the title. And it's by Jay Goley, who we assume is Jay and Christina. Hello. From Elemental Frogfy, previous Mm. guests. Love the podcast. Who knew insurance could actually be interesting? Mind blown. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Uh, Huge high five for doing this. It must be a huge amount of work, but you're so good at it. So please don't stop. Looking forward to catching up on episodes I've missed soon. Thank you very much, Jay. And I'm going to thank Christina as well, because I'm sure she had a hand in that review. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, Funnily enough, they mentioned insurance. I just wanted to spotlight... Ashley's with Jack again. Uh, obviously, there was a sponsor note in the middle of the podcast, but uh, I, I saw Ashley the other week on Facebook post uh, a new product, and she was very excited about it. So I thought I would, you know, read her post out. She's excited to announce a legal expenses to with Jack. The product will help you get paid, give you access to legal advice twenty four seven, prevent loss of earnings whilst on jury duty and help with tax disputes and investigations. Legal Expenses is just one of the several products With Jack will ship this year. The bigger vision is for With Jack to become the platform that helps you keep freelancers in business. This is another step towards that. Sorry for all the legal jargon, jargon, but um, I just love talking about insurance. Damn you, Ashley. You've made me excited about something that's boring. (laughs) Love you. Yeah, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. And if you did, hit that subscribe button just so you know when the next episode goes online. Please leave a review. That really is a massive help. And if it's cool enough, we'll shout out your name. That's pretty cool. But if you don't want to do that, totally understand. Maybe you're in a car or something. Uh, why don't you just uh, 
use your phone illegally, pick it up, call a friend, tell them about this amazing. Endorse that. (laughs) Pull the car over. (laughs) Okay, just um, hey Siri, call my best friend. Oh no, I've activated one in this office. (laughs) Oops. Um, Yes, um, yes. Don't drive illegally, but but just tell a friend. Siri, we're not talking to you. I've ruined this. Siri, Greg, stop. (laughs) Does that work? Wow, it really did say. <laughs> um, God damn it! <laughs> no, I apologize for all that nonsense. That was my fault. Yes, don't drive illegally, but definitely just tell a friend. Tell a friend when you park, you get out your car, just shout it. I listen to a great podcast. Yay! Anyway, until next time, enjoy your life. <laughs>